all humans experience bias. It's part of being human. It is something that you can definitely work on and a skill you can work on improving. And there's a lot of ways to change that. But as it relates to interviewing, one of the biggest things that you can do is set up a structured hiring plan. Welcome to Hiring School, a weekly podcast about recruiting for non-recruiters. I'm Jackie Koch, and I have over 15 years of experience prospecting talent and building teams for Fortune 500 companies, startups, and small businesses in all different types of industries. I'm the founder and CEO of People Principles, where I help founders scale and lead their teams with programs, courses, and boutique agency services. My goal is to simplify the hiring and team building process so that you, founders, and not so solopreneurs, can implement modern, effective, and efficient hiring strategies that help you build the team that you want to help you scale. If you can't seem to find the right job candidates or simply don't know where to start, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Hiring School Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and I'm here to give you all the tips and tricks about recruiting and building a team as an entrepreneur. And today's topic is all about interviewing biases and the bias that shows up in interviewing. And there's a lot of stuff that actually comes into play that is specific to interviewing. Now, there are definitely biases that show up in our life that are not specific to interviewing, but show up. I'm not going to chat about all of those on this podcast. You know, there's things like having a bias on somebody's gender or their race or, you know, where they live, things like that. But there are definitely other biases as well that show up in interviewing that you may or may not realize. And I want to share them with you because there are ways that you can, I mean, there's really only one way to ensure that you don't fall victim to them and actually minimize them, but we'll get to that. First, I wanted to start out by sharing a really interesting statistic. Now, I've read a variety of different stats about this. Some stats say that hiring decisions are made within the first five minutes. I feel like that might be changing at this point. However, one of the most recent stats that I did see is that 52% of interviewers make their decision about a candidate within five to 15 minutes of an interview starting. So if you think about that, a lot of interviews are, you know, 20 to 30 minutes and people make snap judgments about them in the first five to 15 minutes. And it takes a lot of energy and intention for some people to really try to work through some opinion that they've made of a candidate early on. And I want to talk about some of the bias that shows up. So we all, all humans experience bias, right? It's part of being human. It is something that you can definitely work on and a skill you can work on improving. And there's a lot of ways to change that. But as it relates to interviewing, one of the biggest things that you can do is set up a structured hiring plan. 
And so what a structured hiring plan is, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you've already heard about it. I talk about it a lot. And it's because it literally is the basis for so many things. It's the plan for hiring. It's being intentional about hiring, but setting up a structured hiring plan helps you reduce the bias that shows up for you in the interview process. And we'll talk about why that is a little bit later on in this episode. But I wanted to start first by sharing some of the eight common interview bias that creep up during the process and and when you're interviewing folks. The first is stereotyping. And that is when you judge someone on their group rather than their individual characteristics. This shows up a lot as it relates to race, gender, but it also can show up in other ways like your generation. Are you a millennial? Are you a Gen Z? You know, there's all this talk about the different generations that are in the workplace and how they are. And as you know, it's they can be accurate, but then there's also some aspects that are not always accurate. And so you really need to pay attention to if you're stereotyping somebody. So I hear all the time, like the younger generation doesn't want to work hard. They just want everything for free. That's not true about everybody. Are there some people in every generation that don't want to work hard? Yes. Are there nuances about the way that some generations and some people want to work? Yes. But stereotyping people is something that you do during the interview. And so that is the first bias that shows up. I swear we could do a whole training on stereotyping and hopefully someday I can get someone on the show who is an expert in that and we can chat with them. If you know anyone, send them my way. The second bias that shows up is the like me bias. And holy cow, is this the one that I fall victim to so much? It's when you really vibe with somebody or you see so much of yourself in them or they show up wearing an outfit that you have or they say things that you say and you just see so much of yourself in them that you inevitably really like them and you think they can do a good job. But I'm sorry to tell you, you don't want to have a bunch of mini yous running around. You want to have a team of different strengths and different expertise. And you don't want to have a bunch of people who are just like you in your business. And so the like me bias shows up a lot. This shows up for me, especially when somebody's so easy to chat with and we're very similar in like what we like to do and things like that. We just get into a topic. I'm like, wow, I really like could be friends with this person. They've got to be good at their job. I mean, I guess I don't do this anymore because I follow my own advice, but it's definitely the one that I would fall victim to most often before. And then the third one is the education bias. And that's when you judge someone based on the school they went to or the type of education that they've received. This can go two ways, right? There can be the, I only hire people from these schools or this school because that's where I went. Or you have a judgment on somebody who has an MBA or 
who went to an Ivy League school, you think that they are a certain way. And so you have a negative judgment about them. Or if somebody, and I'm doing this in air quotes, only has an associate's degree, you judge them on that. Like there's a bias that comes up in education. What also can happen in education is you may feel intimidated by somebody who has an education, right? So maybe you feel like you can't ask them questions. So there's a lot of things that can come up in interviewing as it relates to education, for sure. And then the fourth is the experience bias. And it's kind of similar to education in that because of companies somebody's worked for or how many years of experience they have, you think something about them. And this can be good or bad. If you look at people on LinkedIn, oftentimes they'll say like X Google or X Uber or X Amazon. And they do that on purpose because people think people who've worked there are automatically good at their jobs. And I hate to tell you this, but that's not always the case. Somebody who worked at Google doesn't necessarily mean they're good at their job. Or how this shows up a lot in my world is I do a lot of recruiting for startups. And so everybody wants startup experience. And I can't even tell you how many times terrible people I've worked with before or employees I've had get really great jobs and job hop to new startups all the time because they have startup experience. It's like, as soon as you get the startup experience, you're basically guaranteed a job somewhere. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of them that I would never hire again, but they get it because they have that startup experience. The experience bias shows up so much. And then also, you know, the years of experience. Just because somebody has five years of experience, 10 years of experience, doesn't mean they've been exposed to certain things you need them to do in your job. Or if they've only worked at big corporate environments, it doesn't always mean that they're not going to make it in small businesses. Like there's definitely bias that comes in to somebody's experience. And then similar to the education bias, if you're interviewing somebody for a job that maybe you don't feel super clear about or you're not an expert in and you see that they've done the job for 15 years, you might be like, oh, wow, I shouldn't ask them questions. They just know like it would be insulting for me with no experience in this to ask them questions about their previous job. And that's just foolish. I know that comes with imposter syndrome. Sometimes if you're a new leader, you feel nervous to like ask about stuff. And I'll just tell you, you shouldn't. It is totally acceptable. And you can always say like, hey, I'm still kind of learning this part of the business myself, but I would love to hear how you did blah, 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 or X, Y, Z. Like if it makes you feel better to qualify it, go for it, but you don't have to. Like you can ask questions about these things, even if you don't have the experience about it. So experience bias shows up. And I believe that was number four on our list. Then there's the first impression bias. And that's when you form an opinion based on your first initial impression And it's hard to like get rid of that. So for example, like shaking someone's hand, right? If we're even doing that anymore in today's world. But you know, a lot of times they'd be like, oh, your handshake makes your first impression. And so you shake someone's hand and you're like, oh, that was a weird handshake. 
and you like can't get over it and you automatically think that they're a bad fit for the job because they shook your hand weird. Like how stupid is that if you actually think about it? And so first impressions can really impact your interviewing. And so whenever I have a first impression, that isn't great. So like what happens sometimes for me is like somebody might answer the phone and they seem distracted or busy. And I'm like, oh, they weren't waiting for my call. I have no idea if that's true. <laughs> like I really don't, but that's a thought that oftentimes comes into my head. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to see how I'm proving myself wrong. So whenever I notice myself falling into one of these bias, I always say, okay, I'm going to prove myself wrong. What evidence can I find that I'm wrong about this? And that's how I kind of turn it around for sure. And when I catch myself doing that, that's first impression bias. Number five, number six and seven are going to have some very psychology words in them, I think, but I'll do my best to describe them. So there's what people call the halo effect. There's halo and horns effect. Halo effect is when a candidate does one thing so great, you assume they're good at everything. So let's say they just nail this assignment, this data analysis or something you give them or they answer a question really great or something is amazing about them. You just assume that everything else is great and you don't even ask about it. That happens so frequently. So you need to make sure you have a process in place so that that doesn't happen. And then horns effect is the flip side of that. That is when a candidate does something so poorly, you assume they do everything bad. So they make one mistake and now you've written them off and you can't even look past it and it makes everything else colored with a poor light. And so that is horns effect. So there's halo and then there's horns effect. And then there is the final one, which is contrast effect. And that's when you interview an okay candidate. I mean, this can show up in a lot of different ways. The best example of this is when you interview a candidate that like is okay, but you do it immediately after talking to a really weak candidate. So you overinflate their capabilities because you just got off the phone with a candidate that's really not great. And you're like, oh, wow, okay, this person's amazing just because they you know, are a little bit better than the person you just spoke with. So that definitely shows up in the interview process. And all of these things together end up creating what is called like a confirmation bias. And I don't know if you've heard this in the world of like positive thinking and manifesting and creating your life. You see what you look for, right? So the whole idea of like, let's say you really want to buy, I think they call it like a red car or something, right? You're like, okay, I want to see red cars. Or you're thinking about buying a new car. And then all of a sudden, everywhere you look that you see that car everywhere where you hadn't before, that's what confirmation bias is. Basically, you are looking for what you want to see. And that is all you're going to see. So if you have these biases going on, the whole time you're interviewing for some interviewing with somebody, that's all you're looking for. You're looking for confirmation. You're, and this is what your brain does. This is how our brains operate. Your brain is always looking for things that confirm what you think is true. And so you need to set up 
a process so that you don't do this, right? And that is what a hiring plan is. That's what a structured hiring process does. If you have a plan laid out of, you know, every single candidate goes through these three interviews, these two interviews, whatever it is that works for your business. And during the first interview for this job, we are going to ask them about XYZ, and we are going to assess for these core values. And you have interview questions set up ahead of time to do so. And then in the second interview, you know that whenever somebody gets to this step in the process, this is what we look for. These are the core values we're looking for. And these are the interview questions we're using. And you make sure that for all of the core things, you have the same interview questions for every single candidate. Now, Every candidate's background is different, right? So the conversation will ebb and flow a little bit, but you have the core questions in which you're really making the decision based on set up. And so it's the same for every single person. That is by far the best way to produce the bias that shows up in the interview process and always be on the lookout for them. Instead of looking for all the ways that a candidate doesn't meet your qualifications, which is really how people go into interviews, right? Skeptical, like how is this person not a fit and like looking for the red flags? What if you went into it looking for the green flags? What if you went into it looking for all of the reasons that they are a good fit for the job instead of the flip side and follow your interview plan and write notes that are objective about the questions that you've asked and compare candidates to that. Don't only go off of gut. Gut is definitely a factor in hiring. I'm not going to lie, but you need to have some set structure in place so that you can eliminate these types of bias that show up. So I find it to be so fascinating that these things happen. I find our brains to be so fascinating. And hopefully you learned a few things here and there. And I have further convinced you on why having a hiring plan and a hiring process is so important. Lucky for you, I'm actually, and I haven't even shouted this out on my podcast yet because I'm a little scared to admit it, but... Rolling Out Soon is a course that I'm creating all about hiring. And it puts a system into place for how you decide the role you need. You come up with your hiring plan. There's templates of interview questions. It's all there for you. So it's going to be coming very, very soon. We're going to be launching in the next month or so. So make sure you're staying on the lookout. We'll definitely announce it on the podcast, but that's coming soon. So if you are finding this information on the podcast helpful, please share it with other people. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Give a rate and a review, share it with your friends. The more people we help to make better hiring decisions, the better bosses we're going to have, the better workplaces we're going to have. Like there's just a major trickle down effect. And so if you could share this with other people, I would be forever grateful to you. So we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow me on Instagram at my business account, which is People Principles. P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E-S. I did that without looking. That's pretty impressive. As well as on TikTok. And check out our website, peopleprinciples.co. Hiringschool.com is there as well if you want to get on the wait list for Hiring School. So thank you so much for tuning in and we will chat next week. Mm-hmm.